Alright everybody, welcome to episode 22 of NPC Talk. My name is Inkronaut, and today is September 9th, 2015. And on NPC Talk News, I am not 100% certain um, what's going to happen with the cast in October, but I am going on a family vacation to my root land of my father in China, and so I will be probably out of commission for three weeks. Um, if I if I can get episodes recorded ahead of time, I can see if I can post them scheduled or something, but uh, as of right now, uh, still unsure. But for tonight, we have a very special episode, not an interview for once, on Super Mario 64, one of the greatest games of all time. And with me tonight is our little co-op group. Kevin, hello. Hello. Hello, and Anthony. Hello. Hola, and Roger. Hello. Hello. Hi, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mario 64, made and published by Nintendo in 1996 for the Nintendo 64. It was a launch title for the system, along with what I, I believe, Pilot Wing 64. And it, it was awesome. Okay, Roger, hit us off. What is Mario 64 as a game, and what makes it so great? Uh, so Mario 64 is probably the very first 3D platformer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's one of the main Mario games. So you take control of Mario, and you have the typical Mario story, where Peach has to be kidnapped yet again by oh, Bowser, no. and you have to rescue her and defeat Bowser. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, um, I guess let's start with the graphics. How is Mario, how was Mario 64's graphics at the time? And then how is it now? Um, well, at the time, I would say it was pretty, it was like really good graphics back in 1996. Mm-hmm. Since it was all 3D, like you could see all the polygons and you could see Mario for the first time in 3D. Yep. Uh, so everything was very, uh, everything was also very colorful, col- colorful as well. Um, every level had its own unique colors. Like, you know, you had the level, you have the, like the shady red in the level stage. Mm-hmm. Then you have like the, the very first stage is very like green with like very blue sky. A lot of different, uh, varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, compared to the games of today, you know, graphics has advanced. So playing the game, like, right now, but it wouldn't seem that great, obviously. Um, but I still think it, it has its charm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. It's also... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's also the first time that we see Mario that's, like, not 2D platform, like, you know, like, the first time we see, like, all sides of Mario, and, because before Mario 64 was just, like, you know, Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3, um, and then the Super Mario World, but they were all just, like, 2D versions of Mario, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, I believe Mario RPG came out before. Yes, Super Nintendo, right? Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I think Mario RPG paved the way for Super Mario 64 pretty well. Ooh, wait, the release date for Mario RPG is March 9th, 1996. And oh, it's not the same time. Yeah, oh, that's incredible. And for Mario 64, it's June 23rd, so just, uh, just a couple months later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, um, I don't know, besides, like, the, the, like, 2D Marios, like, having Mario as, like, a 3D polygon, and, like, all, all the little details of, like, you know, how big Mario's nose is, and, like, how, like, fluffy his mustache is, it's, like, kind of, like, things you don't have to think about in the 2D realm, and then, I don't know, like, just when, just when the intro screen comes up, and you can, like, mess around with Mario's face, even though it's pretty glitchy, it's, like, pretty cool that you can, I don't know, like, change that many details about, you know, his face, and it's, like, something that, you know, was never seen before, so it's pretty revolutionary. Um, Kevin, what do you think of the graphics, since you didn't play it back in the day? Um, they were, I don't know, they were sort of what I expected. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, disclaimer, I only played this, like, a month ago. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it was great? Uh, <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, the graphics were not terrible. They were pretty good. I can see how, at the time... It would have been like amazing, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Anthony, you've primarily played it back in the late '90s. So, what what were your impressions of the graphics back then, if you remember? Honestly, I don't remember. But I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I just remember it being really colorful, and I was like, "Whoa!" And like. More so than the graphics, I was really impressed by the controls of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, just how free you can move Mario. Like, I, when I played it the first time, it was really hard because I wasn't used to, like, jumping diagonally, you know, or, like, jumping backwards or, like, jumping on a Koopa seemed really hard compared to how we're used to jumping on a Koopa. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because, like, before then, you just jump and move forward and, like, the Koopa's dead. You know, mm-hmm. but this is like, oh, you have to kind of aim your jump a little bit. You got to like move forward, but then also right at the same time. Um, the whole like, I think it was like the first take of like 3D movement for any console, maybe. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. I thought it was really hard when it first came out. But like when we played it again a couple of months ago, maybe like a month ago with Kevin, it seemed a lot more intuitive, but that's probably because we got used to moving in 3D. So hmm. that's one shift that, like, I really, I distinctly remember, like, whoa, like, changed a lot from mm-hmm. now to back then. I remember when I first played Mario 64, it was in some, like, game store that definitely doesn't exist now. And, like, you would rent games. Was it Blockbuster? No, it might have been Blockbuster. And they had, like, a Nintendo 64, like, demo. And then, um, it's definitely a Taco Bell now, but, um, yeah, back then, um, (laughs) when I tried Mario 64, the craziest thing to me was being able to crawl as Mario. I don't know, like, why I was so, like, amused by the crawling mechanic, but I was like, oh, you know, Mario can run, like, before in 3D, like, that's cool and stuff. But then, like, the minute I crawled with Mario, I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is the craziest thing I've ever done, which, now that I think about it, I don't know why I thought that, but I did, so, um, yeah. Um, Roger, what do you think of the controls? 
Um, to be honest, I don't remember if I had much difficulty with the controls. Uh, Fighting words. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. So, so I played I like a few hard. games before Super Mario, like a few Nintendo 64 games. So I got used to like the controls pretty quickly, I would say. Mm. Oh, so you didn't play it as a launch title? No, I played it a little bit later, like maybe one or two years later after it was released. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I played it later too, so I didn't have any problems with it. Um, Kevin, what do you think of the controls and the N64 controller in general? Um, <laughs> the controls made Mario 64 the hardest game ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know. This okay. I, I guess the biggest complaint I had was um, the camera control. Mm, mm-hmm. That was like the most unintuitive thing I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay, to me, it's like not that hard, right? C right, moves him oh, right. It is so hard. <laughs> C left, moves him left, and then C down goes backwards, and C up goes forwards. <laughs> yeah? Wait, so I think the problem is it's it's basically reversed from how most, like, from how, like, every third-person game does it now, right? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I think I think in Mario sixty four, um, the C, the C, uh, the C buttons are basically moving the actual camera, right? Yes. So if you press right, the camera moves like to the right of you, which means it actually like points you left. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. But like in in third person games now, if you move it right, the like camera points to the right. Right. But yeah. in Mario 64, you're controlling the little uh, yeah, guy yeah. on the camera. Yeah, so, I mean, it makes sense in that way, but it's like it's backwards from how huh. like, modern games work, right? You are right. I'm it's... like trying to think of like, uh, like Kingdom Hearts or something. Yeah. Huh. So like that threw me off so much. I would get that wrong every every time I tried to turn the camera. Huh. Wait, is it backwards? I'm pretty sure it was backwards. Or else I wouldn't have had so much trouble with it. Huh, okay. Well, I believe you. You're you're a more uh, new school gamer than I am, so... I... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in terms of Mario's movements... Uh, I don't know, Roger, what do you, what do you think of... I don't know... Um... I guess it could all be summed up in one word. Uh, it is very free. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you have all these different, um, like all these acrobatic moves that you could use. And yeah, and, and you could just like move Mario however you want. Like you could do a backflip. You could do like a side jump ish. Mm-hmm. You could do a, a single jump, double jump, triple jump. Um, yeah. and then, like, if you jump in the air, you can slide Mario down to the ground with, the, like, a belly flop or something, and then you can, like, stop his momentum with the, um, the butt stuff, stomp. So, mm-hmm. you have so many, I don't know, it just, once you get used to, like, his movement and all the different number of things that you can do with his body, um, the, 
the game just like exponentially becomes really fun in my opinion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree like the what makes mario 64 i think like the funnest experience is the fact that like as roger was saying like everything is pretty much cancelable and mario's momentum is so like controllable like you can like when you backflip as mario you can almost choose like where to land like you can almost land like a little bit forward way backwards and just like all these little things like no matter what mario is doing you have like that little bit of control in the air or like on the ground or whatever and it it really feels like you have like yeah freedom and like just a ton of like options and controls over um how you want mario to move uh it's not too far off from how di kind of works in melee but um just like yeah, that little slight adjustments and stuff makes it really fun. I think also like I don't know if this is true or not, but for me it's true. Like Mario sixty four was the first game where I learned to wall jump, like jumping back and forth between mm. walls. And like even like newer games that I play now, I still like wall jump as I would in Mario sixty four, even though it's not the most intuitive way of wall jumping. You know how like you move your uh moving your D-pad to the left and then back to the right and back to the left and right again. Mm-hmm. Like, some games, you just you only had to press A when you hit the wall to jump, right? Right, right. But, like, in Mario 64, you had to change direction with your D-pad. And even, like, games I find myself playing now where you just have to press A to wall jump, I still move my D-pad in the back and right. Just right, because right. I had to do it so much for Mario 64 <laughs> that it's, like, ingrained in me. Right, I remember... That's how you wall jump. I remember the struggle when we were playing Guacamelee. <laughs> it's like wait do i move no you just press a oh <laughs> and you're like still moving <laughs> yeah so the struggle is real <laughs> um also for mario 64 i think the music is probably one of the greatest soundtracks um i'm pretty biased but um i'm pretty much in love with dire dire docs and the staff credits for the game and uh bomb on battlefield's up there too but, like, those songs, like, even today, like, I still listen to them and uh, play them on piano, which means they're amazing. Uh, For those of you guys who don't know, Mario 64 is Chris's top three game, right? Yep, yep, number three. All the number way three. Roger, what list does it make on yours? Top five? Um, I don't know. Maybe top ten or top twenty-five. Somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it, for me, it's definitely, I don't know if it's top 10, but definitely close after 10. Mm. How Kevin about you? is like top negative 2. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? Uh, bottom 1. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm just that kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, I didn't like actually play through all of it. so <laughs> You beat the final boss. That's true. <laughs> it only took me like 20 tries <laughs> yeah I'd probably more probably more <laughs> but so um, Chris what makes it your top 3 oh man um I guess so as we were talking about the controls and the way you move Mario I'm like I'm in the I'm, I have the impression that the way Mario moves as a platformer is unrivaled in any other game and Probably the closest game to it is Mario Galaxy, where the controls were incredible for that game as well. But, like, uh, you know, Donkey Kong 64, um, 
what what other platformers like uh banjo kazooie um spyro spyro i actually haven't played spyro so i can't use it to compare um jack and daxter well what um mario sunshine oh my goodness that that game is that game was okay but i mean it wasn't all these games were really great and like i had fun playing all of them minus spyro because i didn't play it but um but at the end of the day like what i want in a platformer is what mario 64 offered which was like that that control and freedom to just do what you want to explore and like and honestly just to have fun like yes there is a goal in mario 64 and yes there was like something you were striving for but at the end of the day like i just loved you know riding on uh, a koopa shell and just like destroying things and you know moving around in circles or you know trying to gather all the coins in a level or something like it the point of the game in mario wasn't just to beat it it was like to experience the experience the world as Mario in like the most free way possible that I don't think any other game has been able to replicate. Uh, they're able to, they just choose not to. Um, and so, yeah, if there was you know another game that's like it, you know, let me know because, like, yeah, Mario sixty four is definitely up there because of that. I just wanted to read signs, and the game would not let me. <laughs> <laughs> Reading Mar- signs is I don't a know what freedom you're talking about, Chris. <laughs> Reading signs and talking to um, NPC bombs are like the most impossible thing in the world. <laughs> I just want to read the sign. <laughs> Mario's like, like climbing on top of it, like jumping over it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had like. You were like punching signs, like <laughs> jumping through them. You're like, how do I read it? <laughs> um, um, but yeah, but uh, going off of that, yes. Um, what I really like about Super Mario 64 was like the freedom, and uh, like it allowed every player to play the game their way, you know, like mm. in their own distinct way. Like I noticed that, like when I watch you play, you'll do something that I would never do. <laughs> and that's probably the same vice versa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, because of the amount of acrobatic moves that you, you can do with Mario, like, you can see, like, every person has their own preferred uh, moves that they'd want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for me personally, I like to do long jump a lot to get around things faster. And then mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, other people like Kevin likes to read sides a lot so that <laughs> <laughs> to enjoy the game. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good point because when we were playing together with Kevin, um, you what what would you do? Like r- really small things, like the like the path you take to get to um, Peach's slide uh, on the top right of the castle was a, just a completely different route from the way I would have gone to Peach's slide, which is like it's like not a big deal, but it's really cool because you can really just see the style of the player. Um, just through, like, these really minute details. And it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah. It makes the game really non-linear, too, because, you know, every level has six stars, but you don't necessarily have to get the stars in order as well. Right. Like, mm-hmm. So it's, like, non-linear in how you play and how you... Uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, Um, I think because of that, it's, in a way, it's really... F- fun to watch like it's really fun to see someone else play mario in their own special way 
Uh, unless they're stuck in front of a sign for like five minutes, <laughs> then it's wow. <laughs> Just kidding. Dang. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Kevin, watching Kevin was still really fun because, like, even something like as simple as watching a sign or trying to read a sign was like, oh, that's something I would never do. Like, I told Kevin, like, I've never read any of the Mario signs in my life, and I've played through the game many times, and um, it's really cool just to see, like, you know, Kevin's like, oh, you know, I want to read the signs talk to the npcs and it's like oh you know just something small like that is totally like um paves the way to show what kind of a gamer you know each and every one of us are um and even for like speed runs which i watch a lot of mario 64 speed runs um which i would consider as like the quote-unquote like pro player the meta for mario 64 like there's like sure there's optimal things you can do but, like, even today, people are discovering new routes. People are finding new glitches, which we'll get into soon. Um, people are finding new routes, glitches, you know, ideas. And, sure, like, some of it um, is pretty much considered, like, the fastest way to get, you know, like, from where Mario starts to the inside of the castle. Like, pretty much that's, like, the fastest way to get there is, like, long jumping to the top of that bridge and then to the door. But um, there's just so many routes and paths and um different ways you can go through the game that like even something as a speed run something as like quote unquote like optimal as a speed run there's just so many ways to do it and um because it's so technical right mario has so many moves um so many like timing things and um you know speed things you have to be pressing that uh like it it's fun to watch like you can really see like the skill and um prowess that the speedrunners have so, um, moving on for game design for Mario 64, um, I don't know, Anthony, what do you think of the game design? Um, I thought it was made really well. Like, I really liked the idea of, every, well, okay, at first, I didn't know when I first started playing, but, like, I really liked the idea of everything being in the castle, and then you go into paintings, mm-hmm. but then each level have, like, six different ways of beating it, or, you know, like, each pretty much each level had six different objectives and the level kind of changes a little bit but not drastically and it really gets you like familiar with each level that you can play mm-hmm. um and then you're on that quest to get i think 70 or 80 stars or however many stars before you can fight bowser in the upper level like in terms of story there's not really much of a story it's like peach is trapped in the castle go inside collect stars kill bowser and say peach right there's yep. no like there's nothing deeper than that that's but literally think, this the whole story <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think like the whole like the way the levels are designed are very unique um and the idea of like having multiple objectives in a ca- it per level is also really unique mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of like really cool like hidden things in the castle like the more you dive into it the more you like oh that's cool like i didn't know that was there before like at least the first time you played right like, secret rooms and, like, paintings that do, like, interesting things. Like, well, there's one level where, like, if you enter a painting, well, the bigger painting, you start off as big. If you enter a small painting, you start off small. Or, like, the water level. And, like, all these, like, really small intricacies that really add to, the like, the depth of the level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's neat, like, sure, like, the speedrunners and, like, the pros that really, like, went into the, the code and the nitty-gritty of the game... Like, sure, they know everything, they know everything, or they know most of everything. There's still, like, things that aren't discovered, but uh, for, like, 
you know, just like casual players like myself and um, Roger, who's played the game multiple times, but um, but like mostly by ourselves or like not so much with friends. Um, it was really neat because like when we played just a month ago, uh, like I had no idea that you could in the snow level, the first snow level, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, is it the penguin level? Yeah. Yeah, whatever that level is. Um, like, I didn't know that you could j- just jump on the dude with the spinny head and pop up and spin all the way to the uh, wall kicks will work star at the very bottom of the level. Like, I had no idea that was a thing until I saw Roger do it, and I was like, wow, that's, like, ridiculous. Oh, it was called Cool Cool Mountain, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and then, like, Roger didn't know about the, um, the endless stairs glitch, which uh, I showed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's oh. just... <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> and Kevin didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, uh, that segs into the, segues into the, uh, the next part about, a uh, game design, is that it's really cool that there's all these, uh, secrets and tricks, but then... Um, although, um, the game is intuitive in a way, a lot of the secrets and a lot of the things that you need to know to move on or need to do, like, there really isn't a hint or, like, a sensible way of knowing it unless you've played the game. Um, like, well, okay, so, the the hint you have is the star, right? Right before you enter a level, the star tells you a a small hint of how to do it. And I think game design wise, the, or Nintendo wanted you to explore the level. So they say, you know, here's a star, here's a hint on how to do it. But we're, Mm. we purposely didn't want to tell you exactly where to go or how to do it because, um, because they just wanted you to explore. They just wanted you to have fun. And so I think the ambiguity is uh, on purpose, but in a way, with like certain secrets, like um, like getting hundred stars or finding certain certain shortcuts, like there really is no way that you're supposed to know about it unless like you know back then you read like Nintendo Power or I don't know watch someone else play because back then there was like no internet and so um, I don't know in a way it was good because Nintendo wanted you to explore wanted you to have fun um, and like just discover it on your own. But at the same time, it's kind of frustrating because if you had no idea, then um, then you know you you were like um, stuck. But I think that was part of the challenge of Mario sixty four back then was just like trying to explore and trying to find everything. And you know they didn't expect you to find every single thing to beat the game, right? They you just needed 70, 75 stars to beat the mm-hmm. game. And so in that sense, they were like you know. To beat the game, you don't have to find all the stars and figure out all the secrets. You just have to go through um, most of the levels and get most of the stars, and you know you're good to go. But for those who really wanted all the stars, and this is, mind you, this is 1996, like no internet, like you you just had like Nintendo Power or like the Game Guide. Some people had internet. Oh yeah, I think. wait, 96 was. I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't remember. If I I had, I had dial up. Yeah, I had dial up. That's true. Um, but it wasn't, like, prominent, um, back then, but, like, um, yeah, it was just, like, discovering 
discovering things on your own was like just part of the fun. Um, I think okay, yeah. For example, in uh, the Womp Womp's Fortress level, there there's a there's a star with uh, all the way up in the cage in the sky, and um, Kevin saw saw it when he was at top of Womp's Fortress, and he's like, "How the heck are you supposed to get that?" And I was like, "Kevin, let me show you." And, and there's this tree, right when you start at the level, and you're supposed to climb to the top of the tree, and this owl that that like you don't know about, like the, there's no hint of the owl, like he's not like a prominent character. Like this owl comes out, and then you ride him to the to the cage, and it's like, uh, like what the heck? But you know, I don't know. It it is kind of like in a sense a game design flaw, and especially in like today's games with their complexity and. And like the amount of secrets that uh, games hold, it seems like a oh like seriously, versus, how are we supposed to know this? But I don't know. Back then, like games were simpler, and like secrets um, were different back then because they wanted you to kind of like you know take the time to explore it. Where where nowadays the games are so long that they're like you know at least like give a hint or you know figure it out online. So um, yeah, I don't know it. It's weird, but, like, I think it kind of makes the game better because that, that like, feeling of just exploring and finding out all these goofy little things were, um, that's the charm for me, so. It's like a puzzle aspect in a way. Yeah, where yeah. Where you're trying to decipher the code in the be- beginning, like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think it's also nice where it's, like, when you enter into a level, like, you're not really confined by that one star. Like, if you find another star, you're like, whoa, there's a star here. And then you kind of just take that star instead, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you find this, like, instant satisfaction from, like, an unexpected star. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the game never tells you um, what to do it's or, like, that you have to do it a certain way. They just say, like, you know, you know, here's the star that we're setting the level up for you as, but, you know, right. but do what you want, so. I mean, it's the same with the, the hats that you get, the power-ups. Like, they never tell you when you can get them. You just, oh, look, there's a shining thing in the sky. You look up and, oh, look, you're at the you're at the wing cap level, right? Like, you never, if you never notice that, then you can probably play, like, half the game without getting the wing cap mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and miss out on, like, a whole bunch, like, uh, maybe a couple of stars or something. Yeah. Right. You could you could beat the game without the wing, ca- wing cap. Like, that's... You could, right. You can beat the game without any of the caps, probably. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Let me think. Yeah. Resident <laughs> Pro Roger? I think that's true. I think it's true. Yes. Um, The only one maybe is the wing cap, but I don't think it's required in any of the later levels. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I remember like the first time that I played it. Um, uh, spoiler alert. Space. <laughs> uh, but when you beat like, Bowser for the final time, Mm-hmm. Um, when you get the huge star, you got a rain cap, right? So that yes. on my first playthrough, I never got a rain cap. <laughs> then when I saw Mario got the rain cap for the first time, I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I was like, oh, did I finally get the rain cap?" And then the credits were all like, "Wait, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's ridiculous." <laughs> um, yeah, the the ending of the game always makes me feel so emotional too it's probably the music but it like yeah the whole like credits and 
saving the princess and stuff. It it was very well done. Um, well, Mario wanted what that was that cake that Peach baked for him. <laughs> yeah, we worked hard for that cake. Um, let's talk about like the different uh, paintings and levels. Um, Roger, would you? How What's do your you... favorite level? Yeah, good question. It's uh, <laughs> a hard question. This is like a top three question. Top three levels. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, like I like most of them except for like the basement level stages, mm. just because I don't know. I really hated the lava and pyramid and the hazy cavern. Mm-hmm. I was. I just didn't like those. Um, but I really love like the Bob Bomb Battlefield. Um, mm-hmm. I really love like the the very very later stages, like the Rainbow Ride, the TikTok Clock. I also like like the second floor levels too, like Tall Tall Mountain. Um, or that uh, Tiny Tall Island, I think. Um, the one where you can go big or small. A, uh, tiny. Little tiny big land or something? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I forgot. That's uh, like every level in the game, Roger. Except for the basement level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like every every level gave something new and unique that is really hard to have a favorite, I guess. Mm-hmm. Tiny huge island. Do you have a favorite level? Uh, I'm just gonna start listing all of them. Roger uh, did that. Probably, oof. I don't know. That's so hard. Dire Dire Docks is up there. Um, I actually kind of like Boo's Castle a lot, even though it's scary. Oh yeah, I didn't like that one. Yeah, <laughs> though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that piano is so scary. Yeah, that is a scary uh, level. Um, Bomb on Battlefield is good. Uh, Wet Dry World is really good. Uh, TikTok clocks. <laughs> um, I think I really like the diversity of all the paintings, though. Like, I love that just in one castle, you know, you're going to, like, snow, you know, fields, mountains, islands, water. It's just it's just so cool that, like, in a one compact level, there's just so many, like, other levels. Uh, Kevin, Anthony, did you guys have a favorite? Kevin's level is the final boss. He spent so much time on that level. <laughs> that one or the penguin slope. <laughs> I actually really like the sliding um, mini games. To be honest, they're fun. I remember, like when I was a kid, those were the ones that I had the most fun with: the sliding ones and the racing ones. Oh, racing like the, the the yeah, like the mini game. I guess they're kind of mini games within the overall like gameplay, right? Because they're not. Yeah traditional 3d forming but like i really like the two sliding games and the racing the koopa yeah there's a there's three slides noob i'm just kidding (laughs) oh the last one with the secret shortcut that no one knew about except for roger yeah tall tall mountain yeah (laughs) um yeah let's let's go into the uh the glitches for the game so uh so kevin how glitchy is this game (laughs) Um, wait, I don't remember. It wasn't that glitchy, was it? 
Um, it's it's pretty glitchy. Like, um, like reading signs is glitchy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all I remember. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, I guess like this isn't like technically a glitch, but like even like moving Mario's face in the beginning, like it's not glitchy, but it was just like his eyebrows would kind of like stick out of his head and stuff. Um. There's actually, like, a ton of small glitches in the game. Like, when you climb up from the lobby to the second floor, you can double jump through the wall and go straight into the second floor. Oh, I don't remember that. Yep. I don't remember that either. Oh, we didn't do I it last time. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I did it. Oh, you did it? Oh, oh I missed <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you have to double jump um, on the black tile. And there's one tile... Uh, Array from the stairs and all the way to the left, also, right? Like before that pillar, like yeah. gray pillar. Yeah. I did that. Oh, nice. The thing about the glitches is it didn't really affect gameplay, right? Like it wasn't like, oh, you jumped, you missed the Koopa, but the Koopa died anyway. Oh, that's terrible glitch, right? It's right. more like a, I don't know. They're non, they're not like game breaking, game changing glitches. It, the game was still really smooth, right? The gameplay, I think itself was still pretty smooth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i think like it like the game is so fun and what people like about the game isn't about it's like you know polish in terms of like the levels or like you know everything being put perfectly together like the fun of the game was um was the freedom right and so because of that core design concept of freedom having glitches where you know you like, go through walls or find, like, funny shortcuts, um, like, up the stairs or up Bowser's infinite stairs, like, those glitches, because, because they make you, like, because you can discover glitches that make you move forward faster, it kind of just adds to the freedom, in a sense, and, I don't know, the core game is just so well put together that all these glitches, and, yeah, what Anthony was saying, like, all these glitches and all these little things, like, makes the game better, like, I... I don't know, it's just like mind-blowing. It's like, oh, it's so well done. I agree. <laughs> I think uh, there was just a lot of detail that was added to the game that makes it really good. Mm-hmm. Like, things that you wouldn't normally think of, but, like, it was included. The game was really, really thoughtful, I would say. Right. Clever. A lot of, well, yeah, clever and thoughtful. They put a lot of, I don't know, uh, continue on. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like yeah, little things like going down a slide, uh, belly first, makes you uh, not turn as well. Just like just little like things, yeah, that that make it thoughtful. It's it's really well designed. I just wanted to kind of compare Mario sixty four to Mario DS, which is like Mario sixty four's port to the DS. Um, I would say. Overall, like, as a game, Mario DS is better. Like, you get to play as Wario, Luigi, uh, and Yoshi. And then there's, like, more stars, more things to do, more mini games. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. When did this come out? I didn't even know there was such a thing. Uh, I don't know. When, whenever the DS... Not when the DS came out. It came out during the DS era. Um, but what I couldn't stand about Mario 64 DS were... The controls. And, like, it's not that the controls were, like, so atrocious. Like, I can use a D-pad to play Mario 64. Like, I've done it before. Um, it... I don't know. Like, the way they created the momentum in the game. Like, Mario would kind of shuffle in place for a couple seconds and then move forward. Or, like, 
when he stopped, it wasn't as solid or it wasn't as, like, I don't know, it, it wasn't as smooth when he stopped. And so stopping wasn't as bad as the startup. But, like, just because of that, it made the game so much less enjoyable. Like, just that that tiny little change of, like, of Mario just not moving as smoothly and not moving, like, um, right when you want him to. Um, like, that just, I feel like it changed the whole core concept and made the game a lot less enjoyable. But, I mean, mm-hmm. overall, like, they added so many things to it. It's not a terrible game, but I recommend the 64 one. For sure. Uh... Mario 64 DS came out November 21st, 2004. Eight years later. Did you play Sunshine or Galaxy? I've played both. Oh, how would you compare them to Super Mario 64? Hmm. Um, for Sunshine, I I kind of argue that the, that the uh, what's it called? The physics system for Sunshine, I, I argue it's a little different than Mario 64. But apparently, I think most people say it's the same, um, which I can I can see. Like Mario kind of jumps the same height, and the gravity uh, feels the same. But uh, Mario Mario Sunshine was it was fun. I found it more frustrating because you it was more about like controlling his water, and then so Mario himself wasn't as um, acrobatic because you you lose a lot of your controls to the water mechanic. Which like the water mechanic was fun, but it wasn't as it wasn't as free. Like you you weren't able to like shoot water exactly where you want it, like while moving, or you couldn't like switch your water controls. Like, uh, you could switch them a lot, and like there were some really cool switching tricks. But um, I don't know it it wasn't like I could like you know switch from jetpack mode, shoot the water I want, and then like switch back to jetpack mode without like falling or something. Like there were just a lot of times where I'm like, oh like I wish, you know, I could do certain things, but um it just didn't have that same level of freedom. Yeah. Overall I I thought it was an okay game. Um probably pretty standard platformer, but I don't I didn't think it uh, matched up to Mario sixty four at all. Hmm. So are the so it sounds like the controls is what's makes Mario sixty four a top three game for you? Yeah, yeah the uh, the freedom the uh, the freedom and the controls are a big part of it. But yeah, just like the I think the game design too of like Mario being able to do whatever you want, um, along with the free controls, just like yeah, just added a a level that that I yearn for. Mm-hmm. Uh, has Roger? Have you played uh, Mario Sunshine? Uh, no. Uh, I, I played, played Galaxy, Galaxy though. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, what'd you guys think of Galaxy versus um, 64? I thought Galaxy was a was like a evolved Mario 64, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like they just took Mario 64, polished it really well for the Wii U or the Wii. The Wii. I think it was for the Wii. Yeah, and it felt really smooth. I thought the controls were really good. It was still kind of a little bit hard to move 3D. But I think that's just the nature of 3D games, right? Sometimes your characters just... You just can't see in 3D, so it's, like, a little bit harder to move. But in general, I thought it was really polished, really well-made game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Roger? Um, so I borrowed Galaxy from a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, like, five years ago or something. But I don't really remember that much of Galaxy. Uh, but if I recall correctly, I... Didn't really like it. <laughs> really? Why not? Mostly, mostly because of the same reasons that you stated. 
Um, since I didn't play Sunshine, like I didn't know how limited, lim- <clears throat> how limiting the controls were in Sunshine, but I, I experienced it in Galaxy because <laughs> like they had like a raggle with the remote, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then because of that, uh, that took over like a lot of uh, Mario's acrobatic moves in the 64. Uh, so that he only had like his long jump, triple jump, back jump. I don't know if he had a side jump. I don't think um, he had a side jump. Yeah, but like he did it. I don't know. I don't think he had his. Did he have his belly flop feeling? Like belly slide? No. No, um, but he had a ground pound still. Yeah. So like, and he didn't have his like his little swag kit also. Right? So then it was all replaced by like this stupid raggle. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really hated that. Um, so. <laughs> And I didn't really care much. It was, it was like, oh yeah, it's all in space. But I was like, you know, like if I don't get to move freely, like what's the point? Um. So I, I thought the gravitating, like, uh, the gravit, the gravity was cool though. Like the gravitating world, so you jump to a little like world and then gravitate towards it. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, I think it's just cool for display, but it's not really like, I don't know. It's a lot more linear than Mario sixty four. That's true. If I remember correctly. Um, yeah, Gal- I think like Galaxy and Galaxy Two were a lot more linear. Um, <laughs> so after I finished the first Galaxy, then maybe like after Galaxy Two came out or so, did I play that? And I actually like Galaxy Two a lot, hmm. but not as much as sixty four. Because with Galaxy Two, they improve on like the flaws of the first Mario Galaxy, oh, nice. or at least that's what I feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the level design was. Ray was much much better, um, and he and as for controls, like he didn't, you know, he was still limited because of the stupid raggle. But <laughs> I don't know, I I got over it. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the thing with Galaxy Two that I, I felt like it was like the best of both worlds of Super Mario World and Super Mario sixty four. Because, like, level designs of um, Galaxy 2 were pretty linear. Mm. Uh, but they were as fun as, like, the level designs in Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. So, it was, like, you know, it's, like, that was, that, like, yeah. So, it's, like, linear, but fun. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I think he still had, like, six stars. So that, yeah, so that, that was coming from, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, yeah. I, I never played Galaxy 2, but it got really good ratings, so uh, <laughs> I believe you. I it they, People were saying the level design was, like, incredible in that game. Yeah. And, oh, and Yoshi comes back, too, if I remember. So oh, that, that's for Galaxy like, 2. You can ride Yoshi in Galaxy 2, just like in Super Mario, bro. I don't oh, know no if way. Ride, I don't know if you can ride Yoshi in Sunshine. Uh, uh, no, not that I know of. So, so I'm reading the story for Super Mario Galaxy 2. It says, Princess Peach invites Mario to share some cake at the Star Festival. <laughs> Never learns. <laughs> Never learns. <laughs> uh, in my completely biased opinion, I would say if the controls for Mario Galaxy drove you nuts, the controls for Mario Sunshine will drive you more nuts. Um, I've heard people really enjoy the the water system though, though. But like, it, it really wasn't for me. So, uh, yeah, if you ever play it, let me know. But I could not stand Sunshine's uh, acrobatics. I I actually didn't mind uh, Mario sixty four's limitingness. So maybe we should have a 
watch Kevin play Super Mario Sunshine next. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that drive me mad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the camera's better. Ooh, the camera is better, actually. <laughs> no more Lakutu flying around and running into trees. Yeah, along with... um. What's it called? Along with like all the glitches and stuff you find in the game, people have actually made mods for Mario 64. Uh, not too many that I know of, but there is a two-player mod, which is pretty cool. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Didn't we see someone play it? Oh, no, it was on stream. Someone's stream. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was a YouTube video that was of a stream. Uh, it's still being worked on. I, I don't know what it's called, but... Um, it was, it was pretty cool. Like, everything seemed um, pretty polished. There were some moments where, like, where like the, the bad guys would just ignore Luigi because, um, because you know, they, they haven't, like, created, like, a detection system yet. But besides that, it was quite impressive. So I think the thing that makes it a good game, or it's a very special game, is that, like, it gets really highly critically acclaimed reviews. Maybe because it was the first of its kind in this genre, but, like, despite like, missing a critical element, right? Like, they had no story. And, like, nowadays games are, like, driven by the story. And mm. the story is usually what, like, defines how good or how bad a game is. Like, you have games like The Last of Us, which is, like, all story, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not all story, but, like, a lot of story. Or To the Moon, where it's, like, all story. And like, you have all these games that are just focused on story. And But Mario 64 kind of took the opposite direction, where it's just, like, all gameplay and, like ignore kind of ignore the story aspect a lot mm-hmm. but it still became like a very highly critically acclaimed game yeah that's a good point because i'm usually a story guy and so um i think that really just says uh, a lot about how awesome mario 64's gameplay was because generally i like a good story does I mean the Sunshine and Galaxy take that approach? I feel like Galaxy there's kind of a story because it's kind of linear, so it has to kind of follow a story. But I don't know. I ha- I've never played uh, Sunshine, so a Sunshine story was um, I, the basic story is you're going on a um, on a like what's it called like a tropical island for vacation with Peach, and then Peach gets captured by Shadow that Mario. Oh, by Shadow Mario, and everyone thinks that it's you that did it even though like they don't look anything alike but they're like oh mario you're the bad guy and so you're like trying to save peach and like get your get your reputation back and then there there's like a small twist but um, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it wasn't much of a story but it was better than mario 64 <laughs> yeah because under story on wikipedia it's like one paragraph it's like five sentences wants <laughs> <laughs> cake so <laughs> <laughs> Want cake, saves Peach, defeats Bowser. Question but mark. Like, yeah. Yeah. But like for the mar- for like the uh, the main game, it's like not included like the spinoffs like Mario RPG or Paper Mario, whatever. But like the true uh, platform platformer main games for the Mario franchise, I feel like they have always been about the gameplay of the story, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So like. I don't know. Like the gameplay should take priority. In my is opinion. that true for most Nintendo games? Um, I guess you could say like a little bit for Metroid. Mm. Um, not sure about Zelda anymore. Um, 
Zelda's mostly gameplay. Yeah, but I guess, like, I don't know, like, when I think of Mario, like, I usually think of it as, like, the first game that a little kid should play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all, yeah Kevin, the, the first all, game you should play. Um, yeah, because like, it's all about, like, what video games should be about. It should be about you having fun, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but, like, when I played it, I was, like, in the third grade. And then, like, every time I played Super Mario 64, to me, it was always, like, reset at school. You know, like, every little level was, like, a playground of its own. Yeah, yeah. And I would always just, like, do, like, random stuff. Like, like I wouldn't even, like, get the star. I would just explore and, like, just do random stuff. Like, I, mean, I remember for the ball bomb battlefield, like, I would, you know, pretend that I was, like, a ball bomb battle soldier. And I would be, like, helping out the pink ball bombs, you know? <laughs> or, like, you know, like, um... And then I would just like pull around like the enemies. Like I remember the Koopa. Like I would knock the Koopa out of his shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch him crawl back desperately back to his shell. And then I would just knock out of him again. <laughs> I would just keep doing that five times. I guess I was pretty trollish back then too. But like I would like throw the penguins baby over the cliff. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was like, I felt like, I don't know. It was, it was just about having fun in general. That's what I feel like the Mario games represent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Mario 64 did it the best. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear Kevin's thought on that. Did you have fun, Kevin? Um, it was okay. <laughs> it's funny because I think the game aged super well. Like, when I played the game again, I'm like, man, this game did not, did not, like, you know did not grow old and like i i would still play this game again and it's just like the good old days but then when i see kevin play it with like the unintuitive like controls and secrets and stuff i'm like huh i guess a lot has changed since 1996 it's pretty cool yeah i agree yeah i agree too but i mean part of it is probably because like you're used to playing on that console with that game right versus kevin who's probably never picked up an n64 in his life yeah. Um, I mean, I played Smash before. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like it's not only the, like, the, like, age of the game. It's also just, like, the type of game it is. Mm. I, like, I don't know. I haven't played that many Nintendo games, but, I mean, I have played, like, older games, and those weren't an issue for me. So. Hmm. What do you think the issue was? Um... I mean, for me, it was mostly the controls, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, the caveat, I mean, the thing, the other thing is, to take note, Kevin only played for, like, a couple hours, right? Where Chris, you probably spent, like, multiple hundreds of hours in this game. Mm-hmm, true. When you were a kid, right? Like, the first ten hours or eight hours for you was probably pretty punishing, too, I would say. Yeah, yeah, possible. I, it's been a long time. Uh, it's also like we we grew up with the game, so even if it were like, I don't know, I was like a much better platformer as a kid, anyways. So um, like I was better at Mega Man and stuff. So like I'm pretty sure the like adaptability was just higher when we were younger, and we're just used to like playing Mario 64 since we played it so much. So yeah, I also think like platforming is kind of a lost genre nowadays too. It's a dying breed. It is. It really is. 
like 3D platforming or just platforming in general? Both. Like uh, 2D platforms, I feel like are mostly indie games nowadays. Like you don't really see a AAA game that's like, oh, platforming. You know, most AAA games nowadays are like action RPG or RPG or first-person shooter, right? Like, if it's a platform game, it's usually an indie game or a small party game or something along those lines. Same with, like, a 3D platforming game. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel. Like, uh, platforming has kind of lost its charm. Yeah, it's a lot harder now with, like, the different genres for platforming to uh, keep up. I mean, like, uh, Mario 3D Land was really good. Um, There's some good Sonic games. There's some bad Sonic games out there, too. Um, but yeah, I can, I can definitely see that platforming is, as a trend, it's, uh, it's definitely harder to keep up without having some sort of, you know, new fun mechanic or something to it. Um, yeah, but, uh, I think that covers Mario 64 quite well. Does, uh, does anyone have any last thoughts before we close out this episode? I like Super Mario World better. Ooh. I <laughs> ever... I respect that. Mario, Mario World is really, really good. Um, the Super Nintendo one with Yoshi? Yeah. That's the first Yoshi game, right? It has yeah. to be. Uh, yes, it is, I believe. Yes. I respect Yoshi's, that. Was it Yoshi World? No, that was a different game. Just kidding. Um, okay. But uh, I disagree. But uh, Mario World is really good, so... Can't hate on it too much. Those um, two Mario games are probably the only Mario games that I've actually played very extensively. Really? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't play like Mario Bros. 1, 2, and 3 a lot? No. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> well, you played Super the Mario best. World and Super Mario World and Mario 64. I don't think I played like a Nintendo like extensively to play Mario 1, 2, and 3. Uh, I had Mario All-Stars. I did not. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, uh, Kevin, any last words? or? Uh, nope. <laughs> nope, alright, sounds good. Um, but yeah, that concludes our Mario 64 episode. One of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, for tonight, you're listening to NPC Talk, episode 22. My name is Inkronaut, here with Anthony, Roger, and Kevin. And, uh, yeah, for, night- for tonight, guys, uh, we are out. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.